Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, the place where men talk about stuff men don't talk about. And today is certainly going to be no exception to that because Jordan and I are going to talk about this COVID-19 virus, something we never imagined uh, would come into the forefront of our podcast here in our lives. Um, and of course, lots of issues associated with that. Um, Jordan, we didn't see this coming, did we? Man, we did not see this coming at all. Yeah, it, it is a, uh, this has been something I think as a world we've just been been dealing with and really just been kind of in the whirlwind with it, you know, uh, from when we first heard about it uh, to where, where we are now. And it, it's, um, you know, we're just all trying to deal, right? Yeah, I mean, I think we mentioned briefly something about it in a in an episode or two back. And I, I mean, I didn't really think much of it. And then all of a sudden, People are quarantined. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, what happened here?" That escalated quickly, you know. So, absolutely, yeah. We were actually on a. I know, you know, Chris. We've talked about this before, but I was actually on a trip uh, at the time, which was not convenient. Uh, and then find out that the the world has changed when I get back. Yeah, and, and actually, in full disclosure, folks, um, at by the end of this week long trip, Jordan was on. We were starting to wonder if he was actually going to make it back to Arkansas, that's how quickly things changed. So really crazy times we're, we're living in. Absolutely. The truth. I was worried about, am I going to be trapped at an airport? What's going on here? So it's, but I'm fine. You know, it's, it's, it's been an interesting, uh, interesting journey for sure. And I know that, uh, I know you guys out there, you know, have your own stories with this thing too. And it's just a, it's a very interesting time that we're in right now. Well, and since you bring that up, it's interesting, Jordan, and not entirely positive, right? I mean, there's we, we're already seeing lots of job loss, lots of stress. People are, are you know, concerned about their health. Their loved ones have, have died. Many of older people, you can't go visit nursing homes, things like that. Uh, maybe let's just, you know, and in full disclosure, folks, we don't know where we're going to go exactly with the topic here. But Jordan, what do you think are kind of some top things we should touch on in terms of living in a time of crisis like this? Well, I think the first thing that comes to my mind, honestly, has has come about this week um, in dealing with, uh, you know, obviously, I'm a therapist and working with the clients that I work with. Um, one thing that I've noticed, you know, throughout this time, and and we've talked about it sort of behind the scenes 
is that people, the longer this, the longer this thing drags on, I feel like people are struggling more. Um, because I, I tend to think that it's bringing out a lot of, a, a lot of issues that, that maybe people didn't know that they had. And then also it's taking away some of the coping mechanisms that, that people did have. I mean, I, I can't count the number of times that I, you know, encourage people to get out, you know, go to the gym, you know, go to, go to, you know, to, to be out of their environment type stuff. And that's really difficult right now uh, because we're being told to be in, you know, and, uh, and, and need to be, I, I, I realize that, you know, but it's, it's, it's something that I feel like as this thing lingers on, it's just becoming more and more difficult. And I actually had a, had a friend of mine the other day, uh, another therapist, we were talking about, um, the, the amount of PTSD that will probably come out of this, this whole pandemic that we're not even really thinking about or talking about right now, but I think he's right. I think there's going to be some things that come out of this thing that, that we haven't even really fully processed yet because we're all in it right now. And so that's that's one interesting piece of this that I think doesn't get a whole lot of press right now. Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, coping skills not being available, one of those coping skills that is available, and I've been hearing some pretty unbelievable, well, not unbelievable, but some kind of astonishing store, uh, stats on is alcohol consumption. You know, there's, and, and along with that, right, we're going to see the problems that come along with people that can't handle their liquor, so to speak. Um, those who have a chemical dependency issue, the abuse, the neglect, things that go along with drinking too much are also I've been hearing, you know, much more domestic abuse, things of that nature. I'm, I'm glad you went there with that topic, Chris, because that's uh, that's something that honestly we, you know, and I don't know if the stats are are accurate at this point, but you, you know, I keep reading things that I'm sure you do as well, that, you know, alcohol sales are up, you know, gigantic percentages at this point from what they were. And I realize that some of that's going to be from the closing of bars and things like that. But I also think that, you know, there's a, Right now, people are going to want to self-entertain, self-medicate. You know, it, it is that time to where people are trying to, they're, they're developing other coping mechanisms that may not be healthy. And that's one thing that I think we have to just keep in mind, uh, that addiction is going to, there's a good chance addiction is going to spiral during this time because we don't, we don't even really have access to a lot of the same treatment methods that we would. I mean, there, there's not a lot of group going on right now, you know, uh, I know there, I know there's some online formats, but that's a much different format. Um, and I, I do encourage those to our listeners, by the way, that if you have access to online meetings and, and you know, they are available, they are out there. I realize they're not the same, but, uh, it, it's still one of those things that, you know, your traditional ways of even, even doing therapy right now are different. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the telehealth things like that um, on I know you know AA clubs, Al-Anon clubs are all doing Zoom meetings or some other online platform as well. So um, let's talk a little bit, Jordan. Just uh, you know, we we mentioned the unhealthy coping skills, uh, things like the you know the alcohol sales. I've seen those stats too, and in fact, uh, just kind of a for those who live in states where this is legal. Uh, the drive ups at liquor stores <laughs> are just packed. Have you seen that too, Jordan? Absolutely. Like, cars lined up. <laughs> Man, I don't know if it's this way everywhere here in Arkansas. You got restaurants where you can drive up and get it right now. Yeah, they're they're selling their yeah, inventory. And I read too that um I read an article the other day that 
the the restaurants want to keep it that way. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Cousin Eddie's in heaven right now. So. Exactly, absolutely, he is. That's funny. So anyway, the the reason I mention that is for for two two reasons. One is there are dry counties in Arkansas and in the South, and I, there there might have been one in Minnesota. Uh, when I was a kid, I had heard of it and just thought, well, how obscure, you know, because of, but, um, drive up liquor stores. I don't know if they have them now. Maybe one of our listeners from up there can tell us, but I, that was not a thing growing up. You had to actually go into the liquor store. So you had to actually put effort into it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. So. But I have noticed, um, you know, just being out and about that there, when I've gone out, there's a lot of that going on here. Again, with that, you know, not everybody handles that the same way. And I'll use that as a segue. Let's go to the domestic violence piece. Um, You know, let's talk about that just a little bit. For those who aren't just having a couple of cocktails during a stressful time, you know, who's taking the brunt of that behavior? Who's taking the brunt of those fights that are happening in some, in some homes? Now let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And I think, I think you're spot on with that because I think where we would, where we would all naturally go with this is that, you know, right now we've got a lot of kids who are at home um, because of the schools letting out. Uh, and, Honestly, Chris, I think we've got a lot of kids in some bad situations right now uh, that, that are there with parents who are abusing substances, uh, who are maybe abusing each other, uh, and then therefore they may be getting it as well. And I think I think there's a lot of, you know, another thing we're probably not thinking about uh, across culture as a whole right now is you've got a lot of kids in bad situations right now where school might have been a refuge for them um, and, and was, you know, and, and the, that, that creates... You know, it's, it's, it's like, again, the pandemic itself is bad, but it's creating other issues as well uh, because of what we're having to do in response. And that's not a commentary on what we're doing. That's just speaking truth. I think that, that there's going to be issues come out of this thing um, that, that we're going to have to be dealing with uh, as, a, as a culture, society for a while. And one of those is going to be the, the, the abuse, the incidence of abuse. I, would, I don't think it's a stretch to say is going to be high dur- during this time. Well, and I don't know the numbers um, off the top of my head. And so what I'm about to say is, I mean, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but child abuse in this country is at least as serious as COVID-19. You know, the numbers will bear that out. I'm sure that instances of abuse, there are a lot of children living in situations and many of whom die from injuries suffered from child abuse. Um, so it's that will be exacerbated by all this staying at home time. I think as as teachers and professionals, helping professions, I think we just really have got to to ratchet up our attentiveness and being in tune to that, don't you think? I, I definitely think so. Yeah. I mean I think we we have to be the ones that are that are kind of, you know, that are aware and number one, and awareness of it is is key. Um, and just even the awareness of it would hopefully will lead to, to some activity and some action on the back end of this thing as well. You know, we need to be you know, proactive. Um, and number one, I would say, too, that's just something we need to keep as a conversation right now. You know, like I said, it's not it's not obviously the hot topic is I think like, you know, we've talked for Chris, you know, a situation like this pandemic comes up. 
you know, not to get all therapisty here, but we kind of go to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? I mean, it's kind of like right now we're worried about, you know, can I get toilet paper <laughs> at, at the play? I mean, can I, can I survive basically? Can I take care of my, you know, that's number one priority. And it's hard to really think about some of these other ramifications that come of this thing. Uh, and that's normal and natural for people to do that. You know, and I've done that too, you know, so. Some, some self-preservation, you know, it's certainly, uh, it's certainly people do get into that mentality and, and Maslow, I agree that that is how a lot of people are thinking right now. I'll say this as an opinion too. A lot of people are treating this like the hunger games though. And, you know, so it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we, we need to, we need to take care of each other here too. I mean, it's, uh, we have to, we have to, um, stop with the, you know, kind of that hoarding and, and panic buying all that is, is not helping matters. Chris, did we ever think we would be fighting about toilet paper? Did we ever see that coming as a society? You know, I did not, I never saw that. No, I never saw that. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I've seen some redneck fights in my day being from Arkansas, but none like me. That's, (laughs) that's pretty intense now. So you, you saw some, you saw some, uh, you saw some fights out on the hog farm. Yeah, I did. Yeah, many, many. Yeah, for so. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to ask, but maybe you even started a few. Well, you know, you know, I, I, I don't want to brag. But... <laughs> or ended them, right? <laughs> That's right. I ended them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So crazy times. Folks. Yeah. So I. So so just going back just for a minute when you when you mentioned uh, when you mentioned PTSD. I, you know, my mind just kind of went and, and I was thinking about, it's not going to be just the virus. It's going to be all this stuff out on the fringes. Um, I just looked and about 1700 roughly children per year die from child abuse injuries, um, which is not anywhere near the COVID virus. However, if we think about the effects of all this ancillary stuff, all this being cooped up and, uh, you know, just these other traumas, I think we're, we're going to have a, a, a bit of a mental health issue to deal with even more than before. Don't you, when this is all said and done? Absolutely. I do. I, I think, you know, not just PTSD, like you said, but there's going to be depression, anxiety, the, the, the stuff that elicits during this time is a fear response. And so anxiety is going to be up. I mean, I think collectively there, there's some anxiety just as a, as a country right now that we have. And so that folks, that's not going to go away just when this thing ends, uh, that doesn't just vanish immediately. Like I think, you know, it gets portrayed a lot of times it's like, Oh, we'll just go back to normal and things are going to be great. Well, it's going to take a while you know, for that to kind of cycle through. And that's why I mentioned the PTSD is a lot of times when something like this happens, if you look at wars, if you look at um, major, major life events, major like society events, there's usually a response. It takes sometimes years to really trickle down um, and, and to really process the impact of it. Uh, so we're, we're just, we're in it right now. That's what I want to say. You know, if we, the, the way we would talk about trauma, we, if, if you, if you're listening to this and you've been through trauma, when you're in it, it's a whole lot different than when you're out of it. And that's not to say that you're not thankful to be out of it, but a lot of times that's when you usually start processing it too. So, so, so Jordan, let me ask you this. Do you think P- 
people are, uh, do you think people are in tune and aware of how this is a, like for me, I'll just put this in as an example. Do you think I really realize how this is affecting me in my psyche? Or is it one of those where you're just, you're not really aware of the full effects until after you get out? If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I, 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 I personally, and again, this is an opinion, but I would lean, I would, it, I would lean towards the second one uh, to where it's like, we're not fully aware of how we, you know, cause we're just trying to function at the moment. And that's not to say that some of us aren't more aware than others. I realize there's differences in people with this too. Um, but I, I don't know that we can be fully aware um, of ourselves in, you know, at, at the present time when we're still in it, if that makes sense to everybody. Well, and, and the reason I'm asking that is just because I see some behaviors of my own and think to myself, you know, this is, I don't usually do this, for example, um, you know, I wake up oftentimes at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I tell myself, well, you know, you want a pop tart. <laughs> and, you know, so I go have a pop tart two o'clock in the morning. Well, you know, it, and when this thing's over, I may or may not keep eating pop tarts at two o'clock in the morning, but I think there's probably other things going on with people that we're not even really aware that, you know, negative things that are possibly happening that we're just not in tune with. Well, I can tell you one thing that I hear along those lines from just about everybody I talk to uh, is, is this whole idea now of like, I just really just don't really want to get up and get going. You know, it's kind of like, you know, people that used to get up at 6 a.m., you know, it's like nine o'clock you know, or so before they're rolling around. And that's not a commentary on what time you should wake up. It's just saying, Hey, you know, that's a difference. Uh, that's a big change for people. Uh, you know, and I can attest to that one myself, you know, it's like, I'm used to being very scheduled and structured and I'm in a world right now. It's not as scheduled and structured. And so it's just different. Well, you know, and, and for a lot of people, um, if they are working, their commute is from the bedroom to the living room. And for those who've lost their jobs, uh, that is a tremendous stress. Uh, you know, I've, I've said, and I've been in that position before, financial stress is, is just a terrible thing. And I, you know, I feel badly for people who are going through that. It's, it is not easy. It is just not. And that puts a whole new level of trauma, I think, that, you know, me joking about Pop-Tarts um, losing your jobs, a whole new, a whole different level. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm not making light of that. That's really a tough thing. And, it, and it's going to be a while before people bounce back from, from those experiences. Absolutely. It is. I mean, you know, like we said, there's not a, uh, there's not a quick bounce back from this. And I think both you could speak to that both as economically health wise, and then just mental health wise, there's not going to be just a quick, quick solution here, you know, to this thing. So it's going to be a process. Jordan, I would add to that trust wise too, right? Like people aren't going to trust running back to a packed stadium for a rock concert. Oh, absolutely not. There, there, there's these kinds of, I'm not going to just go run and hop on an airplane. No. So I think there's, there's a long process there of rebuilding 
trust in, you know, that we can do these things. Is it safe to go do these things or not? That's going to take a bit. Well, we keep hearing about the new normal, right? I mean, it makes you wonder, is is some of this going to carry over and be part of the new normal? I know we don't have those answers completely yet, um, but yeah, I, I do. I think it's going to, you know, it creates change. Uh, and right, right now it's like a forced change. Uh, and so it will be, it'll be interesting to see just kind of what the fallout is from all of this. Don't you think we were heading this direction anyway in terms of work from home, more meetings online, all of that. Don't you think that was coming? I do. I mean, of course, I speak from my own perspective here with what I do with therapy, but I know telehealth has been a thing that's been, uh, it's been around for a little while, you know, more and more uh, doctors and clinicians and things of that nature are getting trained in it uh, and beginning to do it. This thing has just opened the floodgates with it because, you know, uh, whereas before I might have an occasional telehealth session, I mean, that's most of my day at this point. And so it, it's a very interesting change that I'm not sure that will go away because I think there's a convenience aspect and it's just, it's going to be a little bit of a different world. One thing I've kind of thought about too is because folks that are younger than us, particularly not a whole lot younger, but you know, just maybe I'd say mid twenties, that age, and maybe to about 30 or so, you know, so 25 to 32, something like that. Those folks, they, they like to work from home. Generally, that's been a, that's been a, uh, something I've heard, you know, employees that come to work where I'm at that, you know, they want to be able to do that. I think it's going to be pretty difficult for employers to now say, well, no, we, we don't have work from home policies when, a lot of places will have been on work from home policies for two, three months, right? I think it becomes, I think it becomes pretty difficult to, to, and I, my guess is that a lot of companies that were reticent there are going to have to stand down. I think you're, you're right on on that one. Cause I, I just don't think that that's going to be a, uh, um, it's going to be as easy to say, okay, well, now we got to go back to this. Well, if we've been just efficient doing it from home, why? You know, it really begs the question, you know, as to what, what, what the purpose is at that point. So another interesting change that I think we, we may see. Well, I think, you know, we could talk about this for a long time here, Jordan, but let's, um, let's cut this off and pick, maybe pick back up. If we hear from some listeners or something, we could come back and talk about this or, you know, my hope is that it ends before we have to talk about it again, but maybe it won't. For those of you who, you know, have reached out to us, emails, we appreciate that. If you have a topic you'd like us to address, please uh, get a hold of us. Like us on our social media platforms, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and we'd appreciate it if you could like us on your podcast outlet and then write a review. We'd really appreciate that too. Absolutely. Please guys, if you have any, uh, any topics you would like for us to cover, you know, during this time, if there's one specific to us, just let us know. Uh, and, and we really just want to let you know that we're, you know, we're thinking about, about you guys as a, as a, you know, just all of us that are going through this and we, uh, we hope to be back to some semblance of normality soon. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks everybody. See you guys. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC. 
for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.